What is up, everybody? Welcome to this Monday episode of Flippin' Bass, where we have a lot to cover. Monday reactions. We're going to talk about the AL MVP race, the Dodgers wrapping up the NL West, the AL West, the NL Wild Card, and the Orioles clinching a playoff spot for the first time since 2016. It's also Monday, which means Mondays with Mom. Team of the Week, Player of the Week, Power Rankings. This one's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to it. Five ball onto the track. At the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. And gone. What a game. What a moment. Happy Monday, my friends. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, I am currently rocking a Pirates Roberto Clemente jersey because, well, Roberto Clemente Day was on Friday, and I didn't wear it then when I should have. So I'm wearing it now and acknowledging that I should have worn it the other day, and that's why I'm doing it because I have a really cool Roberto Clemente jersey. Um Alex is not joining me today. She is feeling a little under the weather, so hopefully she will be back very soon. But it is just me, uh, solo again, like the olden days, you know. Uh, But there was a lot that happened in baseball, a lot to talk about. Uh, The big news that kind of developed a little more over the weekend is the news about Shohei Otani. Shohei is shutting it down for the year. The oblique injury uh, just kept lingering and got to a point where it was just time to shut it down. It was absolutely the, the right decision. He's going to be out for the remainder of the season. Did an emergency podcast all about this on Saturday and everything I know and, and, and everything I know about the injury and his future and, and all of that stuff. So did an emergency podcast on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, Shohei is done for the season. And this basically just allows it. Look, it's, it's unfortunate. The oblique injury sucks and obliques are a a nightmare. They just continue to linger. And at this point, though, he clearly wanted to play. It felt like every single night he was still trying to get back in the lineup, trying, trying, trying to get back. And it just never ended up happening. And it was time to, to shut it down. Uh, but it does allow him to make the the decision and, and to figure out what he's going to do with his uh, it, it allowed him to be able to, to get it done earlier, right. To be able to get the UCL taken care of quicker and be able to come back sooner from it. So it made sense all across the board, but that was the, some big news that happened over the weekend, which leads perfectly into some Monday reactions. And we're going to start with the AL MVP. The AL MVP race is over. Do not make a mistake about this. Make no mistake about it. The American League MVP is Shohei Otani's. It's done. He will win it. He will win it handily, in my opinion. Uh, look, it, the, the big difference here is, or, or the big reasoning I say that is because when you look at the numbers that Corey Seager has been putting up, great. And if it were over the course of a full season, absolutely. The conversation becomes very difficult, but Corey Seager also missed a lot of time. And I just, I don't think there's any way that Shohei isn't the MVP this year. I think it is done. And I really don't think it'll be close. Ultimately ended up with 44 homers, 95 RBIs hit over 300, 304 on the season and OPS over a thousand. Those offensive numbers is he was he would have been the MVP in baseball 
in the American League had he not thrown a single pitch all year, but he did to the tune of a 3.14 ERA, a 184 batting average against. He dominated on the mound, and um, it was just we were on pace to see one of the best. We were on pace to see the best season of all time. I said that about 2021 when he was the MVP that year. That was the greatest season we've ever seen. Well, this was going to one up one up that what he what he did offensively this year was absolutely remarkable. So, uh, yes, there are some other players having great seasons. Uh, Corey Seager being the the one that really sticks out to me that it should absolutely be in the MVP conversation with the AL MVP race. This news Shohei being shut down for the remainder of the season doesn't affect it. Shohei is the MVP of this season. Uh, Next up, the Dodgers. The Dodgers clinched again the NL West. They have won their 10th division title in 11 years. That is dominance. That is incredible. Uh, A ton of credit due to the Dodgers and, and that incredible offense that they have. Two MVPs in that lineup, Mookie and Freddie, carrying that team, and they're both going to be in the MVP conversation. I think Mookie... Uh, I Mookie is a certainty to finish in the top three, but there's an argument that Freddie and Mookie both finish in the top three or four of, of the MVP voting, which is just remarkable. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's dominant. Uh, it reminds me of a, a little bit of the Atlanta Braves of the, of the nineties and early two thousands dominant uh, only one world series to, to show for it, uh, which is the name of the game, right? You don't want to be a regular season dynasty. You want to be an actual dynasty and, and win championships. And this Dodgers team, um, I believe I worry about the pitching as we head into October. But if you were to tell me right now that the Dodgers end up in the world series, I wouldn't be shocked uh, because that would, to me would mean their lineup that has two of the greatest baseball players of all time and two surefire hall of famers in it means they carried them to October. There's a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks with the Dodgers, right? And they all come on the pitching side of things. Who are you going to pitch in October? Who's he going to be? Well, Bobby Miller. Yes. Great. Love Bobby Miller. But there's, you're relying so heavily on a lot of rookies, a lot of inexperienced arms, which isn't a, it, it, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a lot of inexperience and can be really tough uh, to deal with that in the postseason. But the Dodgers deserve so much credit for ten division titles in eleven years. Uh, it really is. It really is rather unprecedented of of how how dominant they have been. And and year in and year out, it just feels like um, the narrative as you head into the season is. Who could take down the Dodgers in this season? Oh, this team, this team could put, but they, we're, we've been doing that for a decade now and, and nobody does, you know, this year it was supposed to be the Padres. It's going to be the Padres and, and the Dodgers. And then it was the Giants for, for the Giants did win it that one year, but it just feels like the NL West is always trying to keep up with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And nobody has really been able to do it for a long, long time. It is the definition of, of dominance. But uh, like I said, it, you need it to transition into the playoffs. And uh, we're a couple weeks away from getting to see this Dodgers team that is one of the first teams to wrap up a division. Uh, we're a couple weeks away from getting to see how they're going to line up their pitching staff and, and their rotation in, in October. I'm really excited to see it. 
And if they have guys that can step up, if Bobby Miller can be a bona fide ace in October, the Dodgers will be a problem because their offense is a problem. It is very, very good. So again, congratulations to the Dodgers on winning the NL West. Uh, the other West, the AL West, it, the AL West perplexes me. All of them, everybody from really top to bottom, but we're just going to talk about the three right now, the Astros, the Rangers, and the Mariners, because nobody is taking advantage of the other teams struggling. The Astros lose a series to the A's, lose a series to the Royals, and they don't really lose much ground in the division because the Mariners, the Mariners just got swept for the first time since June 2nd through the 4th and are currently in their worst stretch of the season. Again, not taking advantage of the Astros' struggles. You know, it it just feels like the Mariners got to a point just before September started. Now it's September 18th, and their month of September has been awful. I think they're 5-11 and in the month of September. It's their worst stretch of the season. Uh, So it it just finally felt like the, the Mariners had figured it out, you know, and then they push themselves they're they're in a playoff spot and it just felt like they were going to be a problem in the playoffs and they were certainly going to get there they dug themselves out of a hole to get where they are and now they're on the outside looking up at a playoff spot uh but luckily for the Mariners the Rangers also got swept by the Guardians so the Mariners remain just one game back of a of a spot but again it just feels like nobody in that division wants to take control and I think the, the biggest one to me is the Astros. You have these other teams struggling. You have the Rangers. You have the Mariners. They're both really struggling against, for sure, t- tougher opponents. The Astros have been playing the, the Royals and, and the, the A's. If you were to head into this week and hear, okay, the Mariners are going to get swept by the Dodgers and the Rangers are going to get swept by the Guardians, and the Astros, they're playing the, the A's and the Royals. <laughs> Great. We're going to look up at the end of this week, and the Astros are going to have at least a five-game lead in the division. Well, that didn't happen at all. Not even close. In fact, the Astros are sitting just one, one and a half games up on the rest of the division at this point. So the AL West contenders are all struggling, all of them. Uh, not a great time to be struggling. Not the worst time if you can ultimately get in, but uh, yeah, just a it. Nobody is taking advantage of it out there in the AL West. Uh, on the National League side of things, the NL Wild Card race is proving to be one of the best Wild Card races I feel like I've seen in a long, long time. Just because of how many teams are in it, the teams that are in the race. There's there's five teams fighting for two spots at this point. So. I'm not including the Phillies here. The Phillies have the number one wild card seed right now. Wild card, yeah, the number one wild card spot. I, I don't think they're going to give that up. They mathematically could. They're up by like three and a half, three and a half games. They could, but I think the Phillies are going to be the number one wild card. Then you have the Cubs in the two spot. But the Cubs have been struggling badly. Losers of four straight entering this new week, and now they're in the two spot, but it's just half a game up on the next two teams below them because right below them, the D-backs and the Marlins are both tied for the third and final spot. So you have the Phillies a good bit ahead and then you have the Cubs, D-backs, and Marlins 
all separated by only a half a game. The Cubs are up by half a game there. And then you can throw in the Reds, who are just a half a game out behind those two teams tied in the third spot. And then you have the Giants, who are just two games back and now starting a big series with the D-backs. So it's all really tight, and there are five teams fighting for two spots. And just the teams that are involved, imagine at the beginning of the season, somebody telling you down to the last week of the year, there's going to be five teams fighting for two wildcard spots, and those teams are going to be the Cubs, the D-backs, the Marlins, the Reds, and the Giants. I don't think many people would have believed that. And I think that's what makes this really exciting is because these are teams that um, have been struggling for the last few years or haven't had a lot of playoff playoff success lately. And now, uh, now they're all in the midst of a playoff race, and and those stadiums have been packed with fans coming to watch them all play. But the NL wild card race is an absolute blast to watch right now. It has been uh, it has been really really fun. Uh, but back in back to the American League, the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles have clinched a playoff spot. Congratulations to them. Officially happened on Sunday when they were playing against the Rays. And that was a great series, by the way. The Orioles, the Rays, the clash for the AL East. And the the Orioles really were, really just kind of had to hold serve. They have the advantage in the AL East. Worst case scenario, you get swept in a four-game series and then, then the Rays have all the advantage. And guess what? The first two games of the series, the Rays won. But Saturday and Sunday, the Orioles come out and win those two games, clinch the playoffs on Sunday. And uh, yeah, they've been they've been the best team in the American League for a, a long time now. It was the it was the Rays, and and now the Orioles. The Orioles are fighting for that number one seed, and and as long as they finish above the the Rays, I do believe that the Orioles are going to finish with the number one seed in the American League. And Camden Yards is going to be rocking in October. But I, I really do want to. I, I want to take a second to to discuss the Orioles. One, they're just so much fun. If you're watching right now, you can see the video of their GM Elias doing a, a beer bong in the in the locker room celebration after with champagne getting thrown all over them. Uh, but the the bong has been a, a a part of the Orioles season all year long. I believe I trademarked it, the Dong Bong. I think they actually did that, but it's just a fantastic name. But that's been their thing all year long. The sprinkler, everything, everything they do is like, it, it's like they're telling a story. They have so much fun. You hit a single, you like turn on the faucet, you hit a double, you like squirt out water and, and then the bird bath out in the outfield. And then you hit a homer and you get to the, the dong bong in the, in the dugout, you know, you get it right. Okay. Uh, but honestly, the Orioles deserve a lot of credit here. And it's something I, I, I want to discuss because it happened really quickly. Right? The Orioles stunk last year until the day Adley Rutschman came up to the big leagues. That's when it all changed. And it was a it, it's one of the fastest transitions that I've seen in a long time. Because let's just step back to 2018, right? And look at their record from there until now. In 2018, as I said, the Orioles were the last time they made the playoffs was in 2016. In 2018, the Orioles were 47 and 115. 47 and 115. In 2019, the Orioles were 54 and 108. In 2020, 
They were 25 and 35 in that short season. In 2021, they were 52 and 110. In 2022, they were 83 and 79. And in 2023, on September 18th, they are 92 and 56 and have their eyes on the number one seed in the American League. And it just feels like day in and day out, one day after another, they're calling up another top prospect. More and more and more of them are on the way. Jackson Holiday is probably not going to be one of those guys called up this year, but that speaks even more volumes to the future and how bright it continues to be. We haven't even seen the, the potential of what the Baltimore Orioles are going to be over the next five to 10 years. I, all these guys they have coming up, and it all started with Adley Rutschman. Adley comes up, the franchise changed around, turned around forever. So the Orioles are back in the playoffs. They deserve a ton of credit for that. Also mentioned that series, Orioles and Rays. Great series. Rays win the first two. Orioles win the second two. Camden Yards was packed. It was rocking. The game on Sunday was nuts. Down to their last out. The Down to their last out with a runner on first base. They tie it. They tie it up in the ninth. They do the same thing in the 10th. And then they win it on a sack fly in the 11th. And uh, yeah, it, it clinched them the playoffs. And the, the funny thing about that is both teams actually clinched the playoffs during the, during the game. The Orioles clinched the playoffs with a, with a Rangers loss, I believe, and the, the Rays clinched the playoffs with, I think it was a, a, another Mariners loss. I might be mistaken there, but literally during the game. So they could have both just celebrated right after the game. And, uh, but congratulations to the Orioles there. Really, really cool. And a lot of credit deserved to that organization and the way that they have uh, run it for a, a long time now. They drafted right. They're producing talent correctly. They're bringing them up at the at the right times, as you can tell with guys. Guys are having success when they get called up and being a big part of the of that team. And uh, it's it's really cool to see. And I'm also really excited to see Jackson Holiday in the big leagues. And if you haven't heard much about Jackson Holiday, he's the top prospect in the game of baseball. He is 19 years old. He's Matt Holiday's son. He was last week's Flippin' Bats guest, and he was a, it was a really, really fun conversation. We talked all about his really fast rise in the organization. He's 19 and in AAA. Uh, just hit his first, actually, it was the day after we talked. He hit his first AAA homer. Uh, so if you haven't listened, you should go back last Wednesday and listen to that episode, but he is on the way as well. So congrats again to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, lastly, the Braves got quite the scare over the weekend or on, on Friday. The Braves have been the best team in baseball. Uh, aside from the Rays early start to the season, the Braves have been the best team in baseball all year long. And right now it's not even close. The Braves are the best team in baseball. Ronald Acuna Jr. is the MVP of the, of the, of the season of the National League. But Friday night, he was removed from the game due to a right calf tightness. And it did not look good when it happened. Uh, but they do avoid a major scare. It appears it appears everything is fine. He did not play Saturday. He did not play Sunday. But the latest did come out on it on Sunday and said he feels a little better. But they didn't want him to play on that turf down there in Miami. So... Uh, the series obviously ended on Sunday. They took him out. Didn't want him to play for the rest of that series. They're going to work him out on uh, on Monday today and uh, assess him from there. But he said he said afterwards, "I feel good. It just felt like a cramp. 
We'll just see how I come in tomorrow and how I'm feeling and if I can play. Now, that was after the injury. He did not end up playing over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, as long as... That would be a nightmare. <laughs> that would be a nightmare if something happened to Ronald Acuna at this point. It would be a nightmare for the Braves. It would suck for baseball. Um, but this was the quote uh, from the manager, Brian Snitker, um, on when he left him out of the Saturday lineup. His calf's still tight. This turf is hard on those guys. We just don't want to take any chances. And they did the same thing on Sunday because of the turf kept him out. And honestly, yes, keep him out as long as he needs to. Uh, if hey, there's like two weeks left in the year, obviously he wants to play. He should play. There's no reason for him to force something, even if he feels it a little bit, though, if you don't play for too long, the MVP race that I do believe is, is Ronald Acuna's it, it comes a lot more into play with Mookie. Mookie is not far behind. And if Mookie goes off these last couple of weeks and, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Isn't playing, that's a different conversation, but I do think, uh, I think we're going to see Ronald Acuna Jr. Back in the lineup this week. Uh, if not uh, early in the week and, Luckily, the Atlanta Braves avoided a major scare there. So those are all the reactions from around the league and everything that happened over the, over the weekend and over the last few days. But it's Monday, which means Mondays with mom. Now, my mom has, over the last few, my, my mom loves the, loves this segment, Mondays with mom. Of course she does and loves being a part of the show. And there was one time, I think it was two weeks ago, we didn't do Mondays with mom and she let me hear it. She, she did not like that. We did not do Mondays with mom. So this week's Mondays with mom comes just a little earlier today. I informed her that I didn't feel like I, I had anything. So I texted her. I said, Hey, don't think I have anything for Mondays with mom. Just FYI just went back through and her response gave me everything I needed. I'm thinking, but not coming up with anything. You might have to just make something up. These things have to be organic for me, LOL. Please don't do away with my segment, though. I probably don't have anything because I've been really concentrating on the Astros and they've been giving me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you, Mom. The Astros are going to be just fine, I think. But I'm able to say that because the rest of the division has been stinking as well. So Mondays with Mom... Always a lot of fun when I do it and it'll forever be done because she yelled at me when we didn't, didn't do it that one week. So that's Mondays with mom. It is now time for team of the week. I'm going to head up to our brand new LED floor and, and wall up here for this week's team of the week. So we're going to go around the infield catcher all the way through the outfield DH starting pitcher. Closing pitcher, I am going to preface this by saying this week's team of the week was by far the most difficult team I've ever had to put together. It almost, nobody in Major League Baseball went off this past week. I mean, and these names, there's really not many superstars in this team of the week. These guys had good weeks. I'm not there, obviously. They had the best week of anybody in baseball. But I was like going through and, and picking my team of the week like, wow, this was... Wow, this was not a great week for for a lot of a lot of guys in, in Major League Baseball, at least offensively. So we're going to start with catcher. This week's catcher on Team of the Week is Jake Rogers. Detroit Tigers' Jake Rogers hit four 
62 on the week with a homer and a 1.154 OPS. Uh, Jake Rogers has been playing really well lately, and he is really close to hitting 20 home runs this season. So like a sneaky, sneaky good year for Jake Rogers. Let's move on over to first base. You got Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, really good for the Giants this week. Hit 476 with a homer uh, and had an OPS over, just south of 1,200 on the week. Uh, great nickname as well when he does something in a night game. Uh, late night Lamont, which is just a great nickname. He is my first baseman on team of the week. Let's move on over to second base, you have Andy Ibanez of the Detroit Tigers. Look at the Tigers getting some love in here this week. Hit 438, a homer, a 12-14 OPS on the week. He is my second baseman on Team of the Week. And another, another underrated player, Andy Ibanez, underrated baseball player. Let's move on over to third base. My third baseman on Team of the Week is El Hiris Montero of the Colorado Rockies. Again, a lot of names on here that people might not know, which is actually why I love doing this segment every week because, of course, you end up a lot of times with the Ronald Acunas and the Aaron Judges and the Mookie Betts and the Shohei Otanis on here. But this is week to week, and a lot of these players are, are, are able to be acknowledged that might not typically be. So he had a, a great week. Uh, 360 on the week, a homer, four RBIs, and an OPS of uh, right around 1,000 on the week. Let's move on over to shortstop. My shortstop on Team of the Week for the Los Angeles Dodgers is Miguel Rojas. Miguel Rojas hit 412, had a homer, four RBIs, and an OPS over 1,000 on the week. Miguel Rojas is going to be a big part of this team uh, as we head towards October. Obviously, Mookie and Freddie, as I talked a lot about, make that offense go. But having depth in that lineup, and if Miguel Rojas is producing, and and as he was this week hitting over 400, it just makes that lineup so much deeper and so much more dangerous. So he is my shortstop. Let's move on to the outfield, where we have three outfielders, regardless of their position. It's just three outfielders. So if there's somebody in center and that doesn't play center, it's like, don't, just don't yell at me. First up, Eswaldo Cabrera, New York Yankees. I love that the Yankees are finally, the Yankees have just kind of, they're letting the kids play. You know, they call up Jason Dominguez, who unfortunately ended up having to get uh, Tommy John. But uh, Eswaldo Cabrera as well, 364 homer, three RBIs, and OPS over 1,000 on the week as well. Really good week for Eswaldo Cabrera in left field for the Yankees. And center field for the Tampa Bay Rays on my team of the week, is Randy Arozarena. Hit 400 with a homer, three RBIs, and again, an OPS over 1,000 on the week. Um, Randy was in fuego this week. He's my second of three outfielders. Lastly, my third outfielder is Robbie Grossman of the Texas Rangers. He had a really, he had a really good week. Hit over 400, two homers, uh, an OPS of over 1,200 on the week. The Rangers are struggling, but it ain't because of Robbie Grossman. There's a lot of guys in that lineup that, uh, well, the Rangers are, are a different conversation. The, the Rangers have some pitching and, and bullpen issues, but Robbie Grossman has been really good for that offense. He is my third of three outfielders. Last up offensively is my designated hitter on Team of the Week, Mark Canna. 316, two homers, six RBIs. 
and an OPS of right around 1,000 on the week. Big underrated pickup for the Brewers, by the way. They needed offense. I said they needed to go get offense. It's very obvious they need offense. That's what they needed last year. I said last year the Brewers need to go get offense, and all they did was trade away Josh Hader. This year they actually went out and got offense. They went and got Mark Canna. Not the the biggest, sexiest move that people are going to want at the deadline, but it was a good offensive bat, and he's producing for them, and he's producing for a first-place team that's going to get into the playoffs, and we're going to see Mark Canna being a big part of this lineup come October. He's my designated hitter on Team of the Week. Lastly are the two pitchers. We're going to start on the mound. Starting pitcher, Lucas Giolito. Cleveland Guardians legend, Lucas Giolito. Got the win on the mound. Seven innings pitched, 12 strikeouts. Just one walk, 12 punchouts, zero earned runs, and only two hits given up. This was prime Lucas Giolito. This is what he was a couple years ago when he's out there dominating. He's got one of the best change-ups in the game, but it feels like for a little while it's just been hit or miss, and this was, this was, this was Lucas Giolito locked in for sure. He's my starting pitcher on Team of the Week. Lastly, my closer on Team of the Week is Will Vest for the Detroit Tigers. Now, Alex Lang is the closer there, but Will Vest did end up with a save on the week. This is probably where I struggled. <laughs> there were not a lot of closers. They got a lot of saves this week. I don't know what was going on around the game of baseball. Not a lot of, not a lot of good closers this week. But Will Vest was great. A save. Had two holds on the week as well. Four and a third innings pitched and seven strikeouts. No runs. So I, that is, that's a great week. I'm not downplaying what Will Vest did by any means. Four and a third innings, seven punch outs, no runs, only two hits on the week, a save and two holds. So Will Vest rounds out my team of the week. That's three Tigers on here. Will Vest, Jake Rogers, Andy Abanez. Wow. But that does it for my team of the week. Now to announce my player of the week. And that is going to be Robbie Grossman for what Robbie Grossman did this week. 409, two homers, eight RBIs. I feel like the last couple of weeks, I think it's the last three weeks, there's been a Ranger on this team of the week that is dominating. It's been Mitch Garver a couple weeks, and now Robbie Grossman dominating on the week. But the Rangers, it's honestly frustrating to watch what all of the AOS is doing. It really is. You have the Astros, the Mariners, and the Rangers, and they're all just struggling. They, they can't figure it out. But it's not because of Robbie Grossman. 409, two homers, eight RBIs. Robbie Grossman is my player of the week. Which leads, as it always does on Mondays, to the last thing we're going to talk about here today, and that is the new and improved and updated, whatever adjective or you want to use, New power rankings time. Top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings for this week. We're going to start over here with number 10. Number 10 is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, they were not, uh, they're, they're here at 10. They're 78 and 72. They are in that wild card hunt, the NL wild card race, and currently tied with the, the Marlins entering this new week for the third and final spot in that NL wild card. They're playing pretty good baseball. They've been right on the cusp of the top 10 for the last few weeks. In it, just out, and now they're here at number 10 on this week's power rankings. Moving on to number nine, you have the Minnesota Twins leading the AL Central. They're 79 and 71. Twins are going to get into the playoffs. They're going to win the, the AL Central, 
And uh, we'll see if they can win their first playoff series in a long, long time. Let's move on to number eight, the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies are 81 and 68. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a wild card team. They're going to probably get that number one wild card spot. They're going to be a problem in the playoffs. Now we might be heading straight for another clash. If they end up with, if they end up with the number four seed, which is the number one wild card spot, they're going to have to play the they're going to have to play the five seed, the wild card team right below them. And if they win that. They're heading straight for another NLDS battle and matchup with the Atlanta Braves. So we will see uh, if we get that again. But they are absolutely capable. The Braves are the best team in baseball. The Phillies are absolutely capable of doing it again, what they did last year of taking them down. Would I predict it happening? No, but it'll be a fun series for sure. They're at number eight. At number seven, you have the Toronto Blue Jays. Up two spots. The Blue Jays are 83 and 67. Uh, yeah, they've been playing. They've been playing good baseball. Uh, they 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 got the place rocking. The Rogers Center's rocking up there in Toronto. Offense is, has definitely picked it up. They're another team. If they can get in, they're going to be a problem because of the dominant pitching. Really good offense as well. We will see though. They are in that AL wild card hunt. There's not as many teams, and it's not quite as crazy as the National League. But it you know it's going to come down. I think to the Blue Jays. Mariners, Rangers, Astros, if they if they don't win the division, but those teams are kind of going to be all right there battling it out. And right now, it looks like the Blue Jays that want to be the team to grab a hold of it and, and get into the playoffs. They're here at number seven. Moving on to number six this week, the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers are 84 and 65, playing good. Same sort of thing with, with the, the Twins and the AL. The Brewers are going to win the NL Central. They're the best team in the NL Central. They pitch really well. Uh, I'm excited to watch them in October. And, you know, I feel like I've said this for the last few years when they do get in. They're, they're, they're tough when they do get in because of their pitching, but they've never, it just, it feels like they're missing offense. And, and maybe Mark Canna is going to be the piece that makes the lineup a little deeper, and, and, and we will see. I still do worry about the Brewers' offense, but they can pitch as well as anybody in the league. All right, top five time. Uh, Top five of this week's power rankings. The Houston Astros are here at number five. Had to bump them down. Tough week. Uh, Really tough week. Lost lost both series. And those are two series to the A's and the Royals. So you have to bump them down. 84 and 66. I do believe uh, they are one of... I I do believe they are one of the best teams in baseball. And we saw that leading up to this past week uh, when they were just dominating teams and historically good offense in series. And then they just kind of go through these lulls. And this is one, honestly, if if I'm the Astros or if you're an Astros fan, it, it, it almost feels like an unacceptable lull to go through when you have the rest of the division struggling and then you have the, the A's and the Royals in a week and you don't take advantage of that. Uh, that that's, that's tough. And, and that's that could potentially come back to, to haunt them. You don't want to get in as a wild card. You want to get in as the division winner, and, and we will see if they are able to hang on. They are still in that lead spot in the division because the other teams have not been doing well, uh, but they did not take advantage of it. So let's move on to number four, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are, have moved up one spot. The Rays are 92 and 59. Uh, the Rays might have... The Rays could have potentially, uh, after this weekend, a four-game set with the Baltimore Orioles. They could have things could have really gotten tricky. They they won the first game, first two games of that series. 
then you then you look at the division and, and the Orioles start scratching their head and it's like, oh my God, what is happening? Are we really not going to win the division after all this time? And then Saturday and Sunday, two really good games. The Orioles come out on top there, end up splitting that series with the Rays. Uh, but a good week for the Rays. They've been playing really well. Obviously, great start to the year. Historically good start. Then a very, very average lull in the season for a long time, and now they've picked it back up again. 92 wins. Rays are here at number four. Let's move on to number three in this week's power rankings. We have the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they are staying put here at three. 91 and 57. Again, congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers for clinching the NL West title. Their 10th in 11 years. That is a remarkable feat. Congratulations to them there. Let's move on to number two. Number two, the Baltimore Orioles. Again, congratulations to the Baltimore Orioles for clinching a playoff spot. Their first playoff berth since 2016. The O's are going to be back in the playoffs. Camden Yards is going to be rocking. Potentially the number one seed in the American League. We'll see what ends up happening there in the AL East. The Rays are still right on their heels. They could potentially come back and win the division. Uh, the Orioles do have the more favorable schedule down the stretch, so we'll see how it all turns out. But right now, the Orioles are 93 and 56, and staying put right here at number two. And if you're listening, there is no suspense of who is number one because everybody knows who is the best team in baseball right now, and that is the Atlanta Braves, who are 96 and 53. Uh, going to get to the 100-win mark, and they could be. We might not see many teams get to 100 wins. We, we might only get one. We might get, you know, I think, I think the Rays and Orioles are both a possibility to get there. Um, I, I don't think we end up with a, a total of five teams reaching, reaching the 100-win mark, but uh, we will see down the stretch. But the Braves, 96-53 and 53 on the season. The clear best team in baseball, and they round out this week's top 10. So, quick synopsis. D-backs, Twins, Phillies, Blue Jays, Brewers, Astros, Rays, Dodgers, Orioles, Braves round out this week's top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings. And that also, my friends, wraps up this Monday show. Uh, that does it for this Monday show. Alex is, as I mentioned, Alex is under the weather, not in today. Hopefully she is back very, very soon. But until next time, my friends, make sure you're subscribed anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify. Uh, it all really helps, and it's free. Just click the subscribe, follow button. We're also on all social media as well. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. You can watch everything we do on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. But until tomorrow, my friends, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.